Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. It has been a little while since the last episode. I do apologize. Things have been very busy for me, but I'm back and I have a very informative episode for you today. Now this episode, I wanna talk about squatting and in particular squat technique. And this comes off the back of a consultation that I did with somebody about four to six weeks ago And I thought it'd be a really good opportunity for me to share the experience with you. So I'm not, uh, with the information that I provide today, it's not about me actually trying to diss this person, put them down or demean them in any way, shape or form. Um, But just to give you a bit of context with why I thought this would be important for you is if you've been a regular listener, you understand that it is super important that you put in the reps, okay? And in terms of developing mastery of something, it requires about 10,000 reps, okay? But there's a caveat when it comes to those 10,000 reps. They have to be of the standard that you are trying to develop. So what I mean by that is, it has to be good technique for those 10,000 hours to actually get you to where you wanna go. And with this consultation that I had with somebody recently, I asked them a few questions like, hey, how long have you been training for? What type of training have you done? And this person had been training very consistently for 10 years. So for for me personally, I've been training since I was 16. So it's about 14 years now. I've been training really consistently for 14 years. So this person's not far off the same length of time that I've been training, which is a long time. It's 10 years of your life. And you'd think after doing something for that long, of putting in that many hours, that many repetitions, of practicing a certain movement, you'd think that you'd be absolutely dialed in on the technique. And in this, in this instance, I was wrong. This person back squats. They lift a reasonable amount of weight. So they have a bar, it's loaded, and they squat with it on their back, okay? So I thought, this is fantastic. This person squats a decent weight. Sweet, let's see where you're at. I started with a humble body weight squat. I said, can you just show me 10 squats as you currently do them? I didn't say anything, I just said, show me what you've already got. So this person proceeds to show me their squat. I have a look from a few different angles, from the front, from the back, from the sides. I'm quite tactile with my coaching style, which means hands-on, okay? And I just asked a few questions. Hey, why do you put your feet there? Just curious, I just wanna know why people do what they do. It's not right or wrong, I'm just, I want to learn, I wanna understand, I wanna know more. So anyway, I was like, hey, why do you put your feet there? Like, I don't know, that's just why I've, that's, the, that's just how I've always done it. Cool, no worries. Um, uh, why do you sit that low? So not right or wrong, just asking the question, why do you sit that low? Why do you squat to that particular depth? Oh, it just feels good. Okay. So for me already as a coach, there's a couple red flags there. We're getting some responses that don't have a lot of substance or meaning behind them. I just do it because it feels good. I just do it because that's the way I've always done it. And if you've ever worked in a workplace and that's the uh, response that you get, that is a fucking red flag. That is warning signs right there. Um, And especially as a coach, 
I want more accurate statements than it just feels good. It's just what I've always done. I want something that actually validates why we're doing it a certain way. Why are you squatting like that? There should be a rhyme and a reason for it. And there wasn't. And what I observed in this person squatting, we did a couple, uh, I did a bit of squat therapy with this person. So that means that I broke the squat down. I was like, hey, adjust this, just work on this for a little bit. How does that feel? Change the foot position, change the depth and brace a little bit more. We worked through a battery of different ways to kind of improve this person's squat. And it did look a lot better by the time that we'd finished. But I share that because this person had never been picked up on it. This person had never had anybody pull them aside and say, hey, I think I can help you improve your squat. I'm noticing something and you know, from a long-term thing, I don't know if it's gonna be the safest technique for you, would you like some assistance? And that's basically what my initial consultation is for, it's to see, cool, if you've already exercised and you've trained before, cool, let's see what you've got, and then how can we improve it? So this person had a few things that was kind of wrong with their squat. They're sitting too deep. They were no longer maintaining a neutral spine. So their spine went from a strong, stable position with the vertebrae stacked one on top of the other, and they went into what's called spinal flexion, where the lower back tucks underneath the body. And this is a terrible position to be in, and especially under load. It can lead to disc bulges and herniations. So it is of high importance that I address that. Because if I don't address it, it could lead to a potential injury. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but down the line, there's always a point where the body says, I can no longer tolerate this position. I can no longer tolerate this repetitive position under load. Okay, it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Eventually there's a point where the tolerance level is reached and then exceeded and shit hits the fan. A lower back injury occurs and you're on the sidelines for however long. So that's a little bit of a backstory of why I wanted to go through this with you today. Because you may be brand new to squatting and you might not have a clue on, you know, where do I put my feet? How low do I sit? Or you might be somebody who trains regularly and you might kind of want to know the answer. Well, where do I put my feet? Like, is there a particular position? How low should I squat? Some people say to sit to this depth. Other people say, you know, you've got to squat ass to grass. What do I do? Now the topic of squatting, it has so much debate about which technique is the best. And in the world of the interwebs and the social medias, it always has to be the best, as in singular. There can only be one best and everything else is just shit. Well, that's not so true. It's always a spectrum. Can you do it better than you're currently doing? Yeah, that's what I hope to do by the end of this podcast is give you a framework where you can start to assess your squatting technique and give you an understanding of, hey, maybe it's looking a bit, it's looking, feeling a bit better than when I started. And that's the goal, that's the aim. So there's no best technique that everybody has to use. There's no magical secret technique that is superior than all the others. There's not a one size fits all squat. And this is where I take great offense to people who do these big fitness classes and say, you must put your feet here. You must do this with your knees. You must do this with this and that because your squat is gonna look different to my squat. Okay, and my squat is gonna look different to my next door neighbor's squat. 
The goal of squatting is to find the right type of squat for you, for your leverages, for your anthropometry, so that's your arm and leg length, your skill level, your mobility, your strength, but also your confidence. If you've never had any coaching or instruction on how to squat, it is very unlikely that I'm going to start you with a barbell back squat, putting a bar on your back and saying, hey, off you go, start squatting. I'm going to start you with a very simple, very basic, fundamental bodyweight squat. And once you nail that, then I'll progress you to the next level, a more challenging version of the squat. Still a squat, but a harder level, a little bit more challenging, a little bit more demanding. So today I want to go through some universal principles, which you should be following. So this will help you find your ideal squat. So that's really what I want to help you with today. So the first things first is where do you put your feet? And everybody immediately says, on the ground. Well, no shit, on the ground. Very good, bravo, yes. Okay, uh, getting a little bit more clarity and a bit more specific with your stance. Your stance with your feet should be wide enough to accommodate your pelvis. So your pelvic bones aren't really going to move that much. So what I mean by that is you, you don't have an option to make them narrower or wider. Your bone structure is your bone structure, okay? But your pelvis needs space to sit down into, and your pelvis is like a bowl shape, okay? You wanna make sure that there's enough space for that bowl to sit down into, okay? So if your stance is too narrow, if your feet are too close together, what will likely happen is when you get to the bottom part of your squat, your lower back will round. This is called spinal flexion due to what is called posterior pelvic tilt. So if you stand up, put your hands on your pelvis, on your pelvic bones, tip your pelvis back. So imagine that your pelvis is a bucket. You're tipping your pelvis backwards and the water spills out the back. That is called posterior pelvic tilt. Okay, it also leads to spinal flexion, rounding of the lumbar vertebrae. So if you tilt the pelvis backwards, or if you imagine you've got a tail, tuck the tail between your legs, you spill the water out the back, that's posterior pelvic tilt. That's if the stance is too narrow. If your stance is too wide, so let's say you take a sumo stance, you go super wide, super aggressive. Okay, so we need enough space for the hips. You say you've got wide hips and you go for a sumo stance. Legs are straight and they're way the fuck out, super wide. If you do that, you will not be able to find your ideal depth. You might start squatting down like a quarter of the way and you'll be like, I can't get any lower. So if you, go for an, if you go for an extremely wide squat, you probably won't have the hip mobility to open your hips up enough. This will prevent you from sitting down into the squat. So if we look at what type of movement or which direction you go in a squat, you go down and you go up. That's what happens in a squat. You are bending from the hips, knees, and ankles. You're sitting down and you're driving back up to standing. So if you do take that sumo stance, from experience, I can safely assume you probably aren't going to have adequate hip mobility to get your hips open enough for you to sit down. Your adductors, the inner thigh muscles, will not have the tolerance for those extreme ranges of motion. So most people, if I get them to do any kind of adductor stretching or load, it's pretty full on for them. And I'm guessing the same will be true for you, especially if you take a super wide stance. So, it's like the porridge. 
If the stance is too narrow, your lower back will round. If your stance is too wide, you won't be able to find your ideal depth. So the ideal position is wide enough for your hips to drop into. And initially, it does take a bit of trial and error. My general guide is hip to shoulder width, there or thereabouts. And you again, you may have to play around with going a little bit wider. Just take one foot out a little bit. How does that feel? What does it look like? What's happening at your back? Is your back maintaining a more neutral position or is it rounding? Are you sitting down as low or lower than before? Ask yourself some of these questions. But it has to be wide enough for your hips to drop into. Your pelvis needs somewhere to go. It needs space to sit down into. Make sure you provide that space for the pelvis. So we've organized your stance. Shoulder width there or thereabouts. Hip to shoulder width, give or take. Then we have the toe angle. Which direction your toes face? The word that I like to use for this is straightish. Straight-ish. So they're not dead straight, but they're fairly straight. Turned out slightly to moderate. 15 degrees there, give or take. Again, I'm not gonna get the protractor out and say you're at 13 degrees, turn them out two more. Just turn them out a little bit, like a little bit. It's not 45 degrees, I just want them turned out a little bit. So the reason that I only say a little bit is because you must create what is called torque, T-O-R-Q-U-E, torque. This is rotational stability at your hip joint. And the way that you create torque from your hips and your uh, is from your glutes, and that is to stabilize the hips. So your hips are a ball in socket joint. There is a ball that goes, the head of the femur goes up into the acetabulum, into the socket. Okay, and this is why it's important. If your toes are too straight, you won't be able to open the hips and provide yourself enough space for your pelvis. Or conversely, one of the other compensations that we see is that if your toes are dead straight, in order for you to get lower, your torso will have to lean forwards to accommodate that. Okay, hope that makes sense so far. On the flip side, if your toes are flared too much, so let's say you've angled around at 45 degrees or even further than that, you're like, way, toes are flared, my hips are open, hello. Let's say you do that. You can't create as much active stability at the hips. You have created more space for your hips to open up and sit into. So yes, your pelvis now has more space, but you haven't actually utilized the muscles to create that stability. Your muscles around the hip have not participated in creating the stability. So there's two ways I want you to think about creating torque. This is how you can do it. If you're standing up in your stance, we've just established, with your toes slightly turned out, I want you to think about pushing down and also out into the floor. Pushing down and out. Imagine there's a towel on the floor and it's got ripples in it. You're trying to spread the towel apart. What you should feel is a tightening and a contraction of the lateral hip muscles around the outside of the hips. This is creating torque, rotational stability. Your hip muscles are lighting up and working. You're pushing down to keep your foot nice and still, and you're driving out, creating that rotational stability at the ball and socket. Gently pushes the knees out, giving your pelvis space to sit down into. Okay, so again, what is ideal? 
toes slightly flared, but this next part is important. The foot position that you start with, it needs to be maintained throughout the squat. So that means if your toes want to keep flaring, so let's say you start with them at 15 degrees, if you squat down and you do a couple reps and they end up at 25, 35, or 45 degrees, that needs to be addressed. That's a red flag, okay? It may mean that you need to work on strengthening your foot and ankle stability so that you have a better anchor for your body to basically connect you to the floor. Or maybe it just means, hey, 15 degrees isn't suitable for your hip structure. Maybe 20 or 25 degrees is a better starting point, and maybe you can maintain that. So sometimes it's a strength thing. If you can get your feet into a certain spot, great. Can you keep them there? Yes or no? Sometimes it's a strength issue. Sometimes it's a structural restriction. So for me, after having a few MRIs on my body, I know that I have stiff hips. It's not a muscular thing. It's a structural thing. I have in my... Uh, at the top of my femur, I have more of a bony prominence, which means that I struggle to get into certain ranges of motion. Unless I go under the knife and have that uh, scraped away, that's not going to be ever fixed. So that's my structural limitation. I have to live with that and I have to work with that, which is again why I said your squat and my squat will likely look different. So that is the toe angle. Maintain the position of your toe flare if there is any flare, from start to finish, okay? Moving up the chain to the knees, which direction should the knees face? The knees track the toes. This means whichever direction your toes are facing, your knees should follow the same line. They should face the same direction. So imagine on your foot, if you're looking down at your foot, Imagine through the center part, there is an arrow. Let's call it, there's a red arrow that runs from your foot. That is the direction your knees should travel, should face as you go through your squat. And it's because your knee is not designed to rotate. The knee is a hinge joint, meaning it is designed for two things, bending and straightening, that is it. It does have a few degrees of rotation, but not a lot. It's not an area I would encourage you, hey, see how much you can twist your knee. See how much rotation you've got there. I'll, I don't really encourage that at all for you. So if your knees are going in or out, so caving in or overly being pressed out to the side, you don't have the best alignment of your knee. Okay, we've just established the knee is a hinge joint. So if your toes are facing one direction and then your knees are facing another, we don't have the best alignment there, do we? No. So that's the first thing. The knees, if they do go in or out, you need to try to correct the line. So sometimes it means getting a, a visual feedback. Maybe have a coach look at you. Maybe take some photos, take some videos, front on and see where your knees are facing. And here's another thing. If your knees can't hold the line, so let's say maybe you do for a couple reps. Yes, the knees track the toes for five reps, but not for the last five. So let's say you do 10 squats. The first five, the knee alignment is good. And then the last five, the knee alignment is poor. Maybe it's a stability thing. Maybe it's a, uh, an endurance thing. Or it could just be that there's a weakness of the muscles responsible for stabilizing your hips, knees, and or ankles. So this 
is where it can be a little bit complex because there's a lot of muscles involved. You've got the quads on the front of your thigh, the hamstrings on the back of your thigh, your adductors, the inner thigh, and you also have your glutes and your hip muscles. So it's hard to say which one is it precisely. It depends on the direction your knees travel. If your knees go out too much, maybe it means the adductors are too weak, or maybe the abductors, the muscles that work on bringing your leg away from your body, are too dominant. So this is where you can see the complexity of a squat. There's actually a few things going on. And I'm going into great depth in this for you today so that you can start to really think about the squat as a whole movement. Because the, the more you understand of the exercise, the better then you can go and transfer this to actually applying it. Because you can't apply the understanding or the knowledge if you don't have the knowledge in the first place. Hope that makes sense. But in terms of ideal, knees follow the direction of your toes and they hold their line throughout each rep. So it means they don't you know, go on and off the train tracks. They don't do the old Elvis leg, okay? They hold the direction, they follow the same direction as the toes from start to finish on each rep. After the knees, we're looking at neutral spine. So when I refer to the phrase or the words neutral spine, this is your ability to maintain the natural curves of your spine. So your spine, my spine, spines in general are not straight. They are not completely straight lines. They do have natural curves. Your goal is to maintain the natural curves of your spine throughout the movement. And the way that you do that is by bracing the trunk. So by trunk, I'm talking about the area between your hips and shoulders, the midsection, the torso, the trunk. That's what I refer to it as, the trunk. You need to be able to brace the trunk to maintain its integrity of neutral spine throughout the movement and also, and especially, under load when you start adding weights. So that means if your back rounds, if it rounds, that means it flexes, okay? Through movement, so let's say for example, your upper back rounds, your lower back's fine, it holds its position, but your upper back rounds as you squat. I would encourage you to work on developing some upper body strength. Focus on your postural muscles, both from a strength standpoint, but also from an endurance standpoint, okay? And I would also focus, if it is the lower back that rounds, I would focus on having you decrease how low you squat, okay? So maybe that means you squat to a bench, or if it still rounds when you do that, put a plate on the bench, lift it even higher. So that way your body does not do what's called a butt wink. So that's the posterior pelvic tilt. That's the butt, that's called butt wink, okay? On the flip side, so that's rounding of the back, that's flexing. If your spine extends, so if it arches, if you start arching your back and extending the spine, I would encourage you to work on your anterior core. So that is the muscles on the front side of your midsection of your torso. You also need to make sure that your knees are not locked out. So that means for those people for those of you listening who perhaps are hypermobile, who have more range of motion at the knees than most people do, which means your knees kind of go backwards behind your body when you stand up straight, it may mean that you actually stand up with your knees slightly bent. 
And if that is you, if you do have hypermobile knees, uh, hypermobile knees, it will feel very weird. You'll feel like you're already squatting, when in fact your knees will be at neutral, not extended and back behind your body. And then the last consideration is you need to also make sure that your pelvis isn't tilted forwards. So we talked about posterior pelvic tilt where the water from the pelvis tilts out the back. If you place your hands on your hip bones, tilt your pelvis forwards. You get this kind of duck butt thing that you see on social media, all these glamour people and what have you where they stick their ass out. That's called anterior pelvic tilt, okay? That places compression on your facet joints, on your spine. You need to get your pelvis to neutral. So that means it's not tilted forwards, it's not tilted backwards, it's in the middle, that's neutral. Okay? So the ideal position is that your spine, so this is your whole spine, it's your upper back, it's your thoracic, it's your lower back, it's your neck, it's your cervical spine. We want the whole of your spine to not change shape as you move up and down through your squat. So neutral spine means, like I said, maintaining the natural curves of your spine. It's not dead straight. Identify how you stand with good posture. Your goal is to maintain that posture as your hips, knees, and ankles move. Does that make sense? You're bracing, you're working your core, you're working your midsection, you're working your trunk to hold you in a position through the top half of your body so that your lower body can then express the movement of a squat by bending at the hips, knees, and ankles. So that you sit down and then you push yourself back up. You can see the complexity of the squat. It's not just, I'll sit down and stand back up. <laughs> yeah, if we break it down to its simplest form, yes. But then we have all of those layers to get the mechanics and the technique of it optimally set up for you and your squat. And here's the thing when it comes to squatting. There are literally hundreds of different squat options available to you. You can go from body weight, just a humble body weight. You know, it's a weight that you carry around with you all day, every day. You can start with that, you can stay with that. And you can work all the way up to the magical barbell back squat. The squat that allows you to lift the heaviest weights possible. And then you've got everything in between. So that's from one side of the spectrum, the lightest, the easiest to learn, to the, to the uh, progression which allows you to lift the heaviest load possible. And then you've got everything in between. You've got box squat. You can do a dumbbell squat. You can do a goblet squat. You can do an offset squat. You can do kettlebell front squats. You can do a zercher squat. You can do split squats. There's so many squat variations out there. So it's hard for me standing here to say, hey, this is gonna be the right squat for you without seeing how you move and the technique that you currently have. But what I will say to you is this, you must master the most basic version before you progress. So that means you have to start at the bodyweight squat. And for a lot of people, they're just not prepared to do that. This, this person that I had for a consultation, They've told me they, they're at the other end of the spectrum. I can lift X amount of kilos with a bar on my back. Awesome, fantastic, I'm happy for you. Truly, awesome work, well done. I don't wanna see that today. I wanna see if you can do a body weight squat. Because if you can't do that, there's no chance that your technique is gonna be where it needs to be 
if I load you with a bar on your back. Because all you're gonna do, it's gonna amplify your weaknesses, it's gonna expose your flaws, and it's going to show me all of the ways that your body compensates to make up for your lack of technique. And that's, a really, that's really hard for a lot of people to hear. But I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to say, hey, if you want the best results, this is how you do it. Starts with your technique, with the body weight squat. Because if you can't do that, if you can't tick all of the boxes that I mentioned above, stance, toe angle, knee direction, neutral spine, if you can't do those things, you should not be loading it. Because then you are doing what is called loading dysfunction. You have areas of your body which aren't doing their prime function or role. And then what you're doing is you're, you're ingraining a pattern that is not optimal. So then eventually, if you choose to actually go down the right path, you have to unlearn it. You have to unlearn it, which takes a lot of work actually. So sometimes it's good if you come in with a, a clean slate or a blank canvas and be like, cool, this is what you need to know about the squat. Because then, you, then you're actually aware of what's happening, what each joint should be doing, and which muscles are responsible to do the work. But it starts with the bodyweight squat, and it starts with your technique. If you haven't displayed the correct mechanics, I will not progress you. You should not progress to the next level because you haven't demonstrated that you're actually up to that level yet. And it's the same for beginners, people just starting out. It's the same for people who do Les Mills classes. God forbid anybody do bloody Les Mills classes. Unbelievable. That's another story. It's another rant. Um, but it goes all the way up to people who've been training for 10 plus years. I'm not trying to pick on this person. I'm trying to illustrate a point that people, and yourself included, can go years and years and years of developing these poor movement patterns without ever having them being picked up. That's the power of coaching. That's what I do every single day is I look at how people move and I'm trying to optimize it. How can we make this better? Can we improve it? Can we make it more efficient? Can we make it more effective? And even when I train myself, if I'm warming up with body weight, I'm trying to do the best technique that I know I can. I don't let myself get away with shitty reps and you shouldn't either. If you know you're not doing an exercise to the best of your ability, why on earth would you not pull yourself up on it? It's just laziness. It's just pure laziness. So there's a difference between not knowing what to do and knowing what to do and not doing it. And that's really what I want you to start to think about as you go forward and you start training. Are you doing things to the best of your ability, yes or no? And if you don't know, reach out to a coach. If you're local to Perth and you want to come and say, hey, Jesse, I want, I'm really keen to actually learn from you. Cool. I'll absolutely invite you in for a, a consultation. and We'll start there. Cool. Happy to do that. So I can teach you. So then you can go away and keep practicing it. But if you don't know, you don't know. So I don't want you to go out of here and think, Jesse's taught me how to squat. I'm going to go and grab that bar, load that sucker up and whew, squat ass to grass. No, I do not want you to do that. You don't get to put a bar on your back. Even if you've been training for five or 10 years, it's not like, you know, you're at work, I've been at the job for three years, I deserve a promotion. No, you get rewarded for your effort, not for the time you put in. Can you demonstrate the correct technique? Yes or no?
If so, yes, you can progress. You have shown that you are competent enough to go to the next level. Awesome. But you've got to work with your technique. Safety first. Mechanics. Are you using the correct joints and the right muscle groups? Yes or no? It is a binary. Yes or no? Are you demonstrating the mechanics consistently? So if you're doing a set of 10 squats, I expect all 10 of them to look and feel the same. In terms of technique, not effort, not difficulty, as you go further on, as you do more reps, sure, it's gonna feel harder. I don't care about that. It's gonna feel hard. Get on with it, get over it. I'm concerned, what's your technique like? Can you show it all the way from start to finish? Yes or no? If the answer is no, that's where you stay. If the answer is yes, then and only then can you progress to intensity. Make it more challenging. Go to the next level. Increase the weight. Find a higher and a more challenging progression. Absolutely, but that's the order. Mechanics first, consistency second, intensity third. And here's the thing, guys. This is the kicker. When you have great technique, it does two huge things for you. It reduces your risk of injury because your body is moving as it was designed to move and everything is performing its sole role or responsibility. But it also increases your performance. You're maximizing all of your joints and all of the muscles that are being asked to work. Think about that. It's not just for safety, it's actually for increasing your performance as well. Build more muscle, become stronger, lose more body fat. You can achieve all of these things by having better technique. And I truly believe that there is a squat out there for everybody. It's just a matter of finding the right one for you. So that's what I encourage you to do. If you don't know where to start, start at the basics. Start with the body weight squat and work yourself up from there. Don't be too proud. Do not let your ego cloud your judgment and say, I'm too good for a body weight squat because that attitude is what's gonna get you injured or it's what's gonna hamper your progress. People who are too proud to say, hey, I want help. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to get better. People who don't want that are never gonna make it very far in life because they have a fixed mindset and they think they already know it all. And these people can't be helped. I can't help them because they're not ready to be helped. So there we have it, guys, the squat. I have fully broken down and deconstructed the best squat technique for you. Your body is unique to you, so you need to go away now and use that information to develop your best squat. And I hope you'll take the time to do it. It's not an easy thing to do to look at your technique, critique it, refine it, perfect it. But that's what I hope you'll do. It's a, it's a great journey, and there's a lot of benefits to squatting. All right, so that's it for today, guys. I will speak to you soon for another episode of The Wake Up Call. But for now, I bid you good day. If you loved The Wake Up Call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.